Uh, this question is rather long. It's not a question, it's a paragraph. I'm going to read it all. I hope I read it in the kind of way that you can hear the intonation, the trap, the spirit of the questioner, so that you get his spirit. How do we understand Yeridis Adedis? Yeridis means the notion that every later generation is lower than the generations before. When it comes to the Rabbeim, my assumption was that every Rebbe is a continuation of the one before, which means that they're all exactly the same. That's what he's trying to imply, and this would not apply. There is no Yeridis Adedis. If all the Rabbeim are one continuum, then from the Alter Rebbe till the Rebbe is exactly the same. That's what his proposal is. For example, in the Rebbe's first Maimed, when he references the Medish about all sevens are beloved, and the seventh is because of the first, we're arguing that the seventh is more beloved than the first because of the relationship with the first, and therefore arguably there's no Yeridas Hadedas as far as this is concerned. So just like we try to understand the greatness of the Alter Rebbe, uh, we also don't understand the Rebbe's greatness, and so there is no Yerida for the Rabbeim. This is the question that he's asking. This is my assumption, but recently a friend has been questioning me about this, and I don't really know what to say. I don't really know what to say. First of all, Yerida Sadeus is a phenomenon which is found in Chazal, that later generations are lower than earlier generations you already have in the Gemara and in the Midrash. And it seems like time is broken up into units. Like, for example, by Yisrishim, time of the first Beis HaMikdash, which is the era of prophecy, is one unit of time. That although there are within that unit earlier times and lesser times in general, it's the same. And you can have a later Navi, like Yechaskel or Yirmiyah, who may be greater, greater than the Navi that came before, because in general that's the Tkufa Sanaviyim. And then, of course, then you have the Tkufa of the second Beis HaMikdash, and the Tkufa after, the Zuges, and the Tanoim. And again, here the same thing would be true. There's earlier Tanoim and later Tanoim, and sometimes the later Tana can be greater than the Tana before. And the same is true in the Gemara, right? There's, I don't know how many generations of Amiroim. The first generation would be Rav and Shmuel and Abyechanon and perhaps Rav's uncles, whatever it is, Chia and Chizkiah. Um, and we have two sides to this coin, right? Rova is called Basra. Rova is called the last Amoira, and therefore we pass him like Rova when he's juxtaposed against Amiraim before him for the simple reason that he knew what they said, and if he disagrees, then we have to go with him, which means we're just assuming that Rova is no less than Rav and Shmuel and Abiechanon, and then their Talmidim, and then the Talmidim, Talmidim, Rova and Abaye, and so on. And then, of course, you have the Goinim, and then you have the Rishonim, and then you have the Achreinim, and then you have our generations. So, Yeridus Adoiris, it seems to me, is incremental. In other words, it's not like every generation is different than the generation before. There's khativas, there's units of time when there's a certain condition, and then it drops rather precipitously, rather abruptly. And Bipashtus, on a simple level, the reason for Yeridus Adoiris is because of happenings in the world. The world changes, the world becomes less spiritual, not only the Jewish world, but the world as a whole, even the non-Jewish world. And what happens in the non-Jewish world affects Jews. And if the world spiritually falls, the level of the Jewish people that reflects that also spiritually falls. That's the concept of Yeridus Hadoiris. But again, I would like to underscore that in one way at least, it's not something that happens from one generation to the next. It happens in a tkufa, a chunk of generations. Like I described before, you have the Zekenim and the Nevi'im and the Anjik and and then you have the Zuges and the Tanoim and the Amiroim and so on. On the other hand, I want to tell you a story, which I heard from Rabbi Vera Lipskis of Zangi Zundan Stark, 
who heard the story from Rabbi Yisrael, Jacob's Nolav Sholem, who was one of the Mashpiyim in 770, and one of the most important Askani Tibur in the post-Holocaust Chabad American world. He was a very important Shliach, that's the t- word we would use today, of the previous Rebbe and the Rebbe here in America. And Rabbi Jacobson told the story that there was a shtetle in Europe called Tiktin. Tes Yud Kuf Tes Yud Nun. Tiktin. It's a small shtetl. And Tiktin, in spite of the fact that it was a small town, for whatever reason, was Eichet to have very prominent Rabbanim, very Choshev Rabbanim, very respectable Rabbanim. And there was a Yid who was Rav in Tiktin who wrote the Sefer Be'er Hetev. For those who have learned Yeredeya, so in the in the Shulchan Aruch, Smiche, so on the bottom you have a summary of the Shachan Taz, which is called Be'er Hetev. It's very easy to read. It's a good summary. And for people who don't want to break their heads on the Shachan Taz, he's incredibly helpful. So the story was that in two successive generations, the Rav of Tiktin wrote a Sefer Be'er Hetev. But it was well known, it was common knowledge, that the second Be'er Hetev was in a higher Madrege than the first Be'er Hetev. In other words, there was an understanding that the Talmud was greater than the Rav. The second was greater than the first. And it happened once that there was a Shaila was brought to the Rabbonim of Tiktin, and the second Be'er Hetev Paskind, whatever it was, Kosher, Treif, Mutter, Osir, whatever the case was, Chayev, Zakai. And somebody told them, Rebbe, a while back we had a similar Shaila, and your predecessor, the first Be'er Hetev, Paskind different than you. So we started to cry. So the people said, Rebbe, why are you crying? He says, what do you mean? I obviously was not Mechavila Mitasa Shaltera. I lacked Sayata Deshmaya. I didn't pass him correctly because I disagreed with the Rebbe who came before me. So he said, but the Rebbe, everybody knows, everybody knows that you're on a higher level of Lima than him. And that if you and him were to meet, you would be the Rebbe and he would be your Talmud. So why would you be upset that you pass him differently than him? And he answered, this is the quote, this is the Vart. Yeah, he's one generation closer to the giving of the Torah. One closer, generation closer to It's a beautiful story. It's a sensitive story. It's a story about a Rav with a real soul. And here, the idea of Yidus Hadedis is presented literally in a generational way. You know, if you're five minutes later, you're five minutes less than the generation before. So this is another perspective. I don't necessarily think it disagrees with my supposition that I presented before, but nevertheless it does give another point of view. Now, of course, what you want to add to this conversation is Nishamas. In other words, Yeridas Adedis, I, I think, happens in chunks. The Tanayim are Tkufa, and all the Tanayim are one category. The Goinim are Tkufa, and all the Goinim are one category. Like it says in the, in the one of the, I think it's a, the Geras of Shira Gon, but one of the Goinim wrote a letter about Rabhai. Rabhai Gon was the last of the Goinim. He passed away in 1038. In 1040, the community of Babel Kalak. He was the end of Kupasa Goinim. So it's brought in Sforim about Rabhai Gon, He was the last and the greatest of the Goinim. And this is sort of an insight into how you see it. Goinim are a category, they're a type of people that are, in a, that are 500 years, many generations, but they're all considered in one cast in one level. They of course disagree with one another. And it's possible that the latest of them was Hagodl Shabahem, was the greatest of them. And then the Nutkufa, Rishonim, early Rishonim, the later Rishonim, and so on. And what I'm proposing is this is Anishamazach, right? The souls of the Goinim are in one category. It's in my imagination, I think of David has a pekel tzadikim, a pekel neshamas, a package of neshamas. And he drops them into the world. 
And there's one person who's sort of the father of that pekele, like Meisha Rabbeinu, and from him comes all the Nevi'im. They have a pekele neshamis, and from this comes, and you can't start gedele, from this comes, it's Hanoyim. And it's a tzroid, it's a bundle of neshamis. By no means that means you and me, it means gedele Yisrael, giants of Yidin. But there's a bunch of them, a bunch of neshamis, holy neshamis, that for this particular period, they are the elite, they are the G'dayli Yisrael, the Meri Hero, the Peiske Dinim, and of course also the Meri of Yidin to Tshuva, and in our world we would call it to Hasidus, and so on. So there's a spiritual component, right, that Neshamas drop over time. And here again I would propose that the dropping of Neshamas is not from a generation to a generation, it's from a period to a period. And in one period, there's going to be a few generations, the souls are more or less the same. You can have a greater one a little later, a lesser one a little earlier. But when you drop into the next caste, it's a whole other category. I heard in the name of the Satmereb, Rabbi Yoelish Satmereb, who said that the difference between the Jewish people after the Holocaust and the, different pe- the Jewish people before the Holocaust is a separation of 300 generations. That's what he said. Now, if you know the Gemara, you know that the Gemara says when you want to exaggerate, Use the number 300. They bring it from the base on Mikdash. So I'm going to argue that Rabbi Yehli Satmereh, who was a Goan, a Kharif, chose this number because he wanted to leave that window. That we should understand that when he's saying 300, he doesn't mean 300, because it's 300 is the number that Chazal say you use when you wish to present Guzma. But he does want to say that the difference between the post-Holocaust Yid and the pre-Holocaust Yid is a precipitous drop, a precipitous drop. The Pasha the Yid in pre-Holocaust in many ways, in terms of the Yerushmayim and their Tmimus, and their sense that their entire identity is Jewish, is on an altogether different level than the post-Holocaust world. Even the best of us, we, we unfortunately are very Jewish, but unfortunately we're also a little bit worldly. And they didn't have that at all. This is a Gewaldike Yeridis Adedis. So this is my take on Yeridis Adedis. Moving on. There's a Rambam, an Hilchis Tshuva, that everybody knows, where the Rambam talks about free will. And the Rambam argues that the Eibishter has granted every human being free will. If he wishes, and he pushes himself far enough and hard enough, he can be as great as Meishar Rabbeinu. And the Rambam writes, of course, in the Shemayin Prokim, Meishar Rabbeinu is the greatest Novi, Meishar Rabbeinu is the highest Chassid, highest Medveg of Chassidus. And if he wants, he can be as terrible as Bilam Arash. And the Rambam makes it very plain that there's nothing stopping you. If you want, you can be as great as Meishar Abeinu, and if you want, you can be Chas Shalom as low as Bilam. Read that, Amman. Please look it up. It's what is the Perikei in the beginning. And it's startling. It's You can't believe he's saying it. And you read it again, and you hope you can find a new one. No, he says it very directly. The pshat of this is that Yeridus Adedus is a fact. But Yeridus Adedus is not an absolute parameter. Yeridus Adedus is not a box that takes away our free will. Because the Chazal say, the Gemara says, Hashem does not interfere with our free will. And if Hashem does not interfere with our free will, if He put me in a certain generation, and the soul that He gave me limits me in a certain way, if I, in fact, cannot exceed the limit that He put me into, I don't have free will. And the Rambam gives it an incredibly bold approach that anybody could be as great as Meshach Rabbeinu and as low as Bil Marash. The point here is that there is Yeridus Adedis and I think that this is not only a historic thing and how the Yidin interface with the world, it's also a mystical thing, it has to do with Neshamas and our Neshamas are certainly lower 
than the neshamas of earlier generations, even the neshamas of pre-Holocaust, just the generation before the war. But it's not an absolute mosach. It's not an absolute containment, an absolute block, an absolute screen. A person is free through excessive avoida, through extraordinary avoida, to achieve the highest levels, the highest levels. And it's possible for a Jew to live in the times of Hasidus and in terms of Avedis Hashem to achieve a Madrege which is greater than Rishonim. Now, I don't think that entitles him to argue with the Rishonim, if Nesib is Shoinois, but it's possible that his Neshama could be as trans, as revealed as that of the Rishonim. And from a perspective of Lamdis, I mean, the Rebbe said about the Rogachavir. Rogachavir lived one generation before the war. He died in 1936. And the Rebbe said he was hundreds of years out of place. Now, on one level, Hashem just plopped into our generations an incredibly great neshama. On the other hand, he made himself into the Agachava. So, although Yeridas Hadedis is a pattern that we all witness and observe, and it's a practical thing, it's a social thing, and I believe it's also a mystical thing, but it's possible to breach it. You can break it. You can exceed yourself and achieve incredibly, incredibly high levels. You know, they tell the story with the Mezichar Magid, and Rebashal Stoliner, there was a little boy, and he was disrespectful to one of the Talmidim, and he got very insulted. Who's this little boy disrespect? So he talked to this Rebbe, this Talmud of the Magid, about his Zaydis. One was uh, the Nassim Shapiro, the Megala Mukas, and the other one was the uh, Bach, the, the Biel Circus, the Royal Repetition on the Tour. And he said to this person, whose Zaydis were the Bach and the Nassim Shapiro, the Megala Mukas, that your grandfathers would give everything away to look through a crack in their Ganadin into the a crack in the Ganadin of this little boy's father. It's a famous story in our culture. The Mazitra Magid said that uh, one of the Tamidia Magid, Tamidia Magid, was so great that the Ranash and Nasan Shapiro and the Bach were small in comparison to them, which is which is incredibly remarkable. It's really, really remarkable to say. Through this concept of Iridas Adedas. Now, let me now touch on a controversial component. And this is where the Rebbeim come in. And that's the component of Ruch HaKadosh and Nevuah. Ruch HaKadosh and Nevuah is a gift from God. In the words of the Rambam, you make all the preparations in the world. Sometimes it'll rest, sometimes it won't rest. And you probably know that there's a Gemara that talks about there being no Nevuah nowadays, no Nevuah in Chutzlah, it's all kinds of other things. But the Rebbe brings very strong proofs in more than one sikha that at least according to the Rambam, you cannot say that Nevuah has limitations. If you say that according to Halacha, you cannot become a Novi today, you're saying that we don't have free will. Because in Shittas HaRambam, Nevuah is not about God having a message, it's about a person being worthy, as the Lashon HaGemara is, Shetishra love Shechina, that the Shechina should rest upon it, that God should interface with him on a level of what's called in our culture, the ear, or he's saying, to see a and the Rebbe holds that according to the Rambam, without a question, there's a much lesser likelihood of Nevuah because the Neshamas are lower and the world is more distracted. And you also have the Lushan, you know, that sometimes a person could achieve a very, very high level. But that some people could have achieved Nevuah, but they couldn't because their generation held them back. But on the other hand, you have, and certainly in Rambam you have, that a yid at any time in any place can achieve a nevuah. And again, according to the Ramah that I mentioned before, a nevuah as great as the nevuah of Meshach Rabbeinu. But you do the work. 
which is you have to, you know, read the Medanavuchim Chelek Sheni, read the Shmeine Prakim, read the introduction to Peter Shamishna, read the Mishnah Torah, those Prakim where he describes what is required to become a Novi. When a person dedicates himself to purity and to holiness and to wisdom and to ideas, it's conceivable that he should become a Navi or a Baruch HaKadosh. And Ruach HaKadosh, for the record, is simply a lower level of Nevoah. As you can see it clearly in the Rambam and Meir Nevoahim, second section, chapter 45, where he lists 11 categories of Nevoah, and the first two are called Ruach HaKadosh. And this is where we see Arabeim. We see Arabeim as people that Shor Saleim Shechina, they had Nevoah. They know things, and they know it with just certitude that they can make decisions about matters of life and death. Go against a doctor, go against a business investor, go against a shatran, and speak with a certitude because they see things that cannot know through reason. They know it with Derech Rokhedesh and This is how we see our Rabbeim. And on one level at least, that's not a gift. That is simply the maximum achievement of a person working pushing himself beyond the parameters of the time and place in which he lives. Like I said before, there is Yidus Adedes, and there's also the possibility to violate that Yidus and to be exceptional at any time and in any place. And the ultimate example of that is that even in our generations you have Yidin that was right? the famous story that Al-Tareba complained, how come people ask him questions Bagashmis, and then he continued answering them. So the Mr. Rebbe Groner had the mice with the Rebbe. The Rebbe asked him, why do people ask me questions in Kashmir? I'm not a Navi. So the Rebbe said, they asked the Alter Rebbe. The Alter Rebbe complained, how come they ask me questions about physical things? He's not a Navi. And he didn't stop. If the Alter Rebbe felt that he wasn't a Navi, he shouldn't have answered. Meaning to say he protested, but he knew quite well that he has this Madreg of Rosh Hashanah. And because there's a Ruach HaKadosh upon him, he knows things that other people cannot know. And this is not magic or a miracle, it's through avoida, it's through incredibly hard work. And in the history of Hasidus, there have been Tzadikei Poilin, different types of Tzadikei Poilin, who through incredible Yigiyah and avoida reached very high levels. And many of them, before the beginning of their avoida, were what you and I would call plain people, not extraordinary people. So within the scheme of Yeridas Adoides, there is a logical way of explaining the idea that the Neshama in our times that defies the laws of Yeridus Adedas. But of course, this is not the end of the story. The end of the story is that we say in the our are gifts to the world. In other words, the Bashemtiv's Neshama came into the reveal to real Hasidus. The Bashemtiv said about the Alter Rebbe that he's a Neshama Chadasha, he's a new soul. And all of the Rabbeim after him carried this property of a Neshama Chadasha. This is not a soul from our generations. It's just not. Meaning to say, one insight into the violation of Yeridus Adedus is any person can achieve any level if he puts himself to it. The second level of violating the principle of Yeridus that the Abish Deposit gave you an extraordinarily great Nisham. As the Rebbe said in the Sikh of Shoftim, Tafshin enough, and I was there, I never forget it. If you look at the Sikh, it's in Hebrew, the summer of 1991, where the Rebbe spoke about this topic of Nevuah, and the Rebbe said, quote, our generation merited, as did Abish did at Mamanegev and Abal Bechira, God Almighty appointed a man with free will, and he appointed him, the judge, the counselor, the prophet of the generation. And the Rebbe argued that the Zachiyah of Elof Tashmon in Nigla, in Halacha, that you're not allowed to doubt him. This is another thing. This is a violation of Yiddish Adedis, whatever the Lomdas is, 
This is the idea that there are neshamas, that are nesia Yisrael, that come into the world of different levels. For example, in my mind, the Baal Shem Tev came into the world, and this is my fantasy that I said before, he brought with him a peckle neshamas, a package of tzaddikim, that will be the Rebbes of Chassidus, in the different ways, in the different places, in the different shitas. These were extraordinary neshamas. The Baal Shem Tev certainly was not a neshama of my generations. He was the neshama that came into this world to reveal a higher and deeper level of Torah than was revealed in the previous generation. And the Rebbe is certainly in that group. And then, of course, Mashiach. Mashiach is the ultimate neshama that violates the principle of Yidus Adedus. And again, I will argue that there's no doubt that Mashiach works. Mashiach doesn't become Mashiach by magic. Mashiach works, and he works where the Rambam describes to achieve the Madreg of the Nevu of Meshach Rabbeinu and even higher, or whatever the case is. Karav Madreg is Meshach Rabbeinu. But he starts out with an extraordinary Neshama. So I'm arguing that you can explain Tzadikim and Gedele Yisrael, Goinim, that are exceptional. Shalei Be'erech B'nei Deirom. In the framework of Yeridus Adoides, and I'm also saying that there are, there's, I think there's an exception to that rule.